Hello everyone. Today I start this podcast with deepest sympathies and sincere condolences to all those affected by the mass school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Anytime there is a mass shooting, it is a horrific act and when it's perpetrated a bunch against a bunch of young elementary school children, deplorable doesn't even begin to explain how I feel. I considered delaying this week's podcast because the topic is schools post-COVID two years later, but I decided not to for a couple of reasons. Number one, I simply didn't have time to research another main topic, and number two, no matter what happens to any of us, good or bad, life goes on. It doesn't stop. We don't get strong by avoiding things that make us angry, make us fearful, we get stronger by facing them. So if today's talk on school, which has nothing to do with violence or shootings, simply school enrollment and how schools are post-COVID, I apologize for offending anyone. With that, let's move on and do our podcast as regular. Hello, South Dakotans. Welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show, aiming to keep America, its citizens, and minds free. Now, here's your host, Daryl Root. Welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show. I am your host, Daryl Root. Thank you, Arabelle, for that introduction. You can keep this show going by clicking on the links at dakotarustler.org to donate, purchase cool merchandise, or by purchasing Camp Ridger seasonings available at campridger.com. If you're watching on video, take note that this episode is being sponsored by Aaron Sowers Motorsports. You can find him on Facebook. Today's main topic, as I said in my opening, is schools two years after COVID. I'm also going to be covering other topics and tidbits, such as beer and crude oil. The high price of the latter probably makes you want to buy more of the former. Today's picture, if you're watching on video, is the Museum of the Mountain Man in Pinedale, Wyoming. Every year, the small town hosts the Green River Rendezvous, which will be July 7 to 11 this year. And as the museum's name states, it is a celebration of the Mountain Man from over 200 years ago. With the intros out of the way, let's get started with something I call tidbits for you new people. This is where I take brief or news stories from the last week and make brief comments on them. Number one, home delivery beer. With COVID lockdowns making home delivery of everything, including food and medicines, brewers are tapping into a new sales format, delivering cold beer on demand to consumers who choose to remain at home. 
Where is this happening? Well, it may be happening here in America, but in this particular story, it's all about Latin America countries. For some Brazilians, it's cheaper to have cold beer delivered than it is to drive to the supermarket to pick it up. Anheuser-Busch's parent company, InBev, saw the number of home deliveries go from 1.5 million in 2019 to 62 million in 2021, just two years later. In Mexico, Heineken launched a delivery service last year. Latin Americans can have limited refrigeration capacity, and home delivery makes sense for when they gather to watch events like soccer, which will be having its World Cup this year. This positive, which may actually be a negative, is people who generally don't go out to get more beer when they run out can now just call in an order and ta-da, 30 minutes later, have more beer to drink. Another possible negative, now your beer orders have been digitized and the powers that be now know your drinking habits. Do you think your bosses might be interested in this? Personally, I'll go and buy my beer with cash. Sure, I may end up on a store security camera, but at least it won't initiate personalized targeted marketing. Number two, water restrictions. Do you live in California? Expect your water to be rationed. If you don't voluntarily cut back enough on water usage due to a three-year drought, that's what you'll be getting, according to government Governor Newsom. The governor suggests shorter showers, doing fewer loads of laundry, and watering lawns. So let me state this bluntly. In an ongoing drought, no one should be watering their lawns. The exception, a new lawn at a newly built house or business so it can get established. A nice, pretty green lawn is not a necessity, people. A shower and laundry is if you want to maintain proper hygiene. Many places in California are limiting watering of lawns to twice a week. Let me repeat. In case you didn't hear it the first time, in a drought, no, the number should be zero. Nobody should be watering their lawns. The fine if you water too often, $2,000. Newsom is an idiot. And since his 15% less usage request wasn't enough, you can proudly expect limitation on water necessities while lawns still get allowed to drink on a regular basis, even if it's just once or twice a week. Number three, oil news. Iran has started preparations to revamp Venezuela's largest oil refinery, Paraguana Refining, which can refine up to 955,000 barrels per day. This follows a contract to repair its smallest facility, so I guess Iran must be doing something good. The Venezuelan oil industry has been decimated by mismanagement, underinvestment, and thanks to big bully United States, numerous sanctions on the South American country. 
Iran, also a U.S. sanctioned country, has supplied Venezuela with fuel for making exportable crude-grade oil and has also been providing parts to repair the 1.3 million barrel per day refining network in Venezuela. To show you how complicated sanctions can be, Iran is providing parts manufactured in North America and shipped from China. So instead of just sending parts from North America straight to Venezuela, we ship them to China, who ships them to Venezuela at who knows how much extra cost. Have I not argued numerous times that sanctions are stupid? They only increase the price of things. Number four. Staying on oil, President Greeny, also known as Duh Biden, is considering waiving U.S. gasoline environmental rules to reduce summertime smog, hoping the waiver will combat rising pump prices. Is this clown for real? I wonder if President Alzheimer's thinks changing your underwear will reduce gas prices. Refiners are required to avoid lower cost components such as butane during the summer months because it increases vapors contributing to smog. Summer blends typically contain 2% butane, while winter blends can contain up to 10%. How much of a difference will that actually make? A nickel? A dime? Certainly not enough for someone struggling with today's inflation. The administration has also permitted let me repeat the administration has also permitted summer sales of E15, but seriously, is increasing ethanol from 10% to 15% really gonna make a difference? Hell no. Biden has made fighting inflation and high pump prices top priorities. Really? Sure can't tell, President Alzheimer's. Number five, staying on oil yet again. China is quietly increasing its purchases of cheap Russian oil. They are getting the oil at bargain prices. Well, at least somebody's smart. Why are they getting bargain prices? Once again, that evil word, sanctions. This time against Russia. Russian oil exports to China have jumped to a near-record 1.1 million barrels per day in May, a 25% increase over last year at this time. Western buyers have disappeared, Russian oil prices have tanked, and smart countries are taking advantage. Western countries don't want to run afoul of sanctions or draw negative publicity. So here's a question for everybody. What about the negative publicity of 4.55 a gallon nationwide? How many times must I criticize sanctions and say they don't work? Russian oil prices, for the record, are about $29 less a barrel than before the invasion, which is a boon for Chinese refineries, who, remember, are selling refinery parts in Venezuela. The article went on to mention numerous companies and how much and how they are getting the crude to China, be it pipeline or shipments. One company loaded 6 million barrels in May compared to less than 1.5 million barrels earlier this year. So yeah, China's being smart. They're getting their oil cheaper than the rest of us are. 
And with that, I'm going to hit the advertisement section of the podcast. I'll be back in 50 seconds. If you enjoy grilling and cooking, Camp Bridger seasonings are for you. All four blends are salt-free and designed to enhance the flavor of food, not bury it. The popular four-pack can be purchased and shipped anywhere in the continental U.S. for around 33 bucks, depending on your state sales tax rate. Visit our sponsor's website at CampBridger.com for more information. Anything Dakota Rustler related can be found at dakotarustler.org. There, you will find links to audio and video versions of the latest episodes. You can also support the show through purchase of merchandise, donations, or sponsorship. Sponsors will be recognized on air and or the website. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the show. Oh, welcome back, everybody. Just a reminder, this podcast is available on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcast, iHeart, Buzzsprout, TuneIn, and the video version is available on Telegram, channel name Dakota Rustler Podcast, all one word. Whichever you prefer, please subscribe to the podcast. The more subscribers, the higher I get in search engines. Also, my usual shout out to Dan Hein, the provider of all my background music. As I stated earlier, today's main topic is schools post-COVID. A school system in suburban Kansas City is eliminating over 100 jobs, including kindergarten aides and library clerks. A school system in Oakland is closing seven schools, while school systems nationwide are merging classrooms, selling buildings, and leaving teaching positions unfulfilled. Why? Enrollment losses due to the COVID pandemic And I'd like to add critical race theory and sex education for students of single-digit ages are probably two other major reasons. Money for schools is usually determined by headcounts, and some of the students who left public schools for at-home teaching, private schools, online schools, etc. simply aren't returning. Some parents, thank God, have had an epiphany, and I have one word for this. Great. The school in Kansas I just mentioned is cutting 140 jobs and trimming millions of dollars from its budget. The school, which had nearly 30,000 students, saw about 1,000 of them leave during the pandemic, and less than 100 of those 1,000 have returned. In Houston, the largest district in Texas, enrollment fell by over 10%, and only about half of them have returned. Departments are being required to cut $60 million from next year's budget. Federal aid kept budgets alive for the last two years, but all that money must be spent by 2024, which allows for one more full school year. After that, if the money hasn't been spent, districts will be forced to cut. So again, I say great. Government schools have become little more than indoctrination centers that teach socialism, make kids feel guilty because they are white, and teach that it's okay to be sexually undecided. Well, guess what? I don't want that in my school district. 
The job of schools is to educate and teach facts and skills, not morals and political beliefs. Morals and political beliefs are the parents' duties, not the schools. An Albuquerque public school, uh, change that. An Albuquerque government school district will be forced to cut $25 million from its budget. Enrollment fell from 85,000 to 73,000 in the last six years. That means some of this has been going on since before the pandemic. As a result, the district is expecting to cut numerous jobs and eliminate school buildings. California school enrollment is expected to drop by over 100,000 students in the upcoming school year. This, my friends, probably isn't pandemic-related. People are leaving California's high taxes and regulations because they've come to realize life is better elsewhere. In fact, after the 2020 census, California lost a representative in the House in D.C. for the first time ever. The ACLU, of course, well, they can't stay out of it. They have filed a complaint that this disproportionately affects black and minority students. Interesting. As Obama once said, elections have consequences. Well, so does a stupidly run state. Make a bunch of stupid laws and people will leave. I saw the writing on the wall in Pennsylvania. And I got the H-E double hockey sticks out of there. I moved to South Dakota where the tax climate is much more friendly as well as the people. In Lawrence, Kansas, the district is creating multi-grade elementary classrooms. They're being forced to make $7 million worth of cuts. (laughs) Whoever would have thought that Amish one-room schools would make a comeback. Obviously, it's not that extreme, but it shows the failure of government schools when people are forced to opt out of public schools and then decide, hey, you know what? The alternative is actually much better. In Des Moines, Iowa, the district will not be replacing retiring school teachers as they are being forced to cut $94 million due to a drop of over 1,600 students, a little over 5% of its enrollment. Personally, I hope that everything that's been going on lately in the idiotic indoctrination centers is just the start. I'm hoping parents are realizing that government schools are not in the best interest for their children. I'm hoping that parents and future parents are realizing that teaching their own values are far more important than having an extra car in the driveway or taking that extra vacation. I'm hoping that parents are realizing that teaching their children a good work ethic is better than all the socialist indoctrination crap happening in tax thievery schools. It's one thing to teach kids that they are privileged because they were born white as opposed to black or Hispanic. It may be true for some. But to imply or simply state that they should feel guilty or ashamed is appalling. Try telling a white child who is being supported by a single mother with a low-paying job and a deadbeat dad that he or she is privileged. In that child's head, he or she is thinking, what the BS are you talking about, teacher? In addition, beyond basic reading, writing, and arithmetic, arithmetic, children will learn far more from life experiences than they ever will in a classroom. A book 
or what you see on a computer will never replace actually doing something for yourself and learning firsthand. I'm 63 years old. What I learned in the government school I went to back in Pennsylvania is extremely trivial to what life has taught me. In New York, it costs a little over $38,000 per student per year. In Utah, it's a little under $9,000. Are kids in New York four times smarter than a kid in Utah? Of course not. The national average is just under 16000 And for what? A society where no one wants to work any of the 10 million plus jobs available out there? My hometown is in the process of closing down its old folks home. Why? They can't find help and what they have, from what I hear, isn't all that good. This is what government socialist indoctrination gets you. And you? Well, you get what you vote for. You can keep voting for the same old BS, or you can vote to take charge. Make your kids your first priority. And would you just once quit voting for the two-party idiocracy? It's time to be libertarian. With that, I will close so I can start working on my next podcast. Till next time, you know the mantra. Question authority and always be free. Thank you for listening to the Dakota Rustler Show, a production of DL Root. All rights reserved by DL Root, Buzzsprout.com, and their shared partners. Unauthorized use is prohibited. This show is sponsored by Camp Bridger Seasonings. Visit our sponsor's website at campbridger.com for more information.